Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Nathan, and I am here, as always, with my super talented, super epic co-host, Kay Millie. Wow. Gosh, thank you. Yeah, so there's a little bit of sad news today because Karen is technically in Australia. My bad. I don't know what happened. <laughs> hey, Karen, you took a wrong turn there. <laughs> <laughs> so Karen has recently moved with her husband, Peter, to Toowoomba, Australia. And that means that her time on this podcast is coming to an end, which is super sad. How does that make you feel, Karen? Oh, I haven't cried in a while, but thanks for putting me on the spot again. <laughs> no, this has been one of my favorite parts of my job. And at a time, it wasn't even part of my job. And I made sure to have time for it because yeah, uh, I loved it so much. And so I am bummed to not be a part of this anymore. Yeah. So for the listeners out there, Karen... Uh, like I said, has recently moved to Australia and is just kind of planting there with her husband, Peter. And we're super excited for you to do that. But we're sad that uh, you're not going to be on the podcast anymore. Yeah. yeah, pray for us. My husband's a pastor at a small church here. And, you know, starting a new life from scratch is a little intimidating. Mm. So if we ever come to mind, shoot up a prayer. Yeah, Roger that. But Jesus is with you. So it'll be okay. Amen. But this week, we did want to let you know that Nathan is also going to be rolling off staff at Watermark. He mm. is starting a new adventure with a company called The Eden Project that he and several of his friends have started up from scratch and are going to create resources for people to be able to live in God's love. Mm. And so, Nathan, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing. Yeah, well, like you said, it's a brand new organization, and uh, the way the Lord's just orchestrated this has been a really beautiful thing to watch, and obviously I'm sad about leaving Watermark, or the Watermark staff team. We'll still be here in Dallas, at least for the near future, but leaving the staff family is going to be really hard. It's a really special group of people, and yet the Lord has made it really clear that we're moving into this new venture that we're really excited about. And yeah, like you said, and if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, or really hardly at all, <laughs> then you've probably heard some of the themes of the things that I'm passionate about, which are helping people you know, expose false narratives about God, helping to reinforce the biblical narrative, um, which has at the center of it, God is love. And so just the way the Lord's orchestrated bringing the right people at the right time in the right places to really be able to as an, an organization to substantially push that narrative forward is being realized, and that's really exciting. So uh, it's called the Eden Project. That will start, by the time this airs, it will pretty much be underway. So, But unfortunately, that also means that my time on this podcast is coming to an end, and that's sad. It is sad. To all who have been listening, we appreciate you. We'll do a goodbye episode, so do not think that this is the last time you'll hear from us. <laughs> Far from it. We'll show up Far in your dreams. <laughs> all that to say, today... So today we're going to talk to Angela Parrott, 
and Melissa Fuller, who uh, are both friends of yours, which is awesome. And they lead a ministry called Love God Greatly, which sounds awesome. So we're going to talk about how they are doing women's ministry, uh, equipping women through Bible study resources to do what the name says, to love God greatly. So you guys enjoy this episode. I'm so pumped to be here today. Yeah, me too. You want to know why? Uh, why? Because it is a rare occasion that women outnumber the men in the studio, and today is, is one of those days. True. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> so today we are going to be talking with Angela Parrott, the founder and director of a ministry called Love God Greatly, as well as Melissa Fuller, who is her content director for that ministry. How do you know Melissa? Melissa and I went to seminary together what? back in the day. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, so excited to have y'all today. So welcome, Angela. Thank you. Thanks so much. I love yeah. being here with you guys. And Melissa, we're so glad you're here. Oh my gosh, so, so fun. So happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, so do us a favor. So I know y'all, but our audience probably doesn't. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and your role at Love God Greatly, and then we will do some expanding on what Love God Greatly is, how it came about, and some of that but just tell us who you are. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'm Angela Parrott. I'm the founder of uh, Love God Greatly. Really, we are just an international women's Bible study ministry. Our whole heart is to get women in God's Word around the world. We aim to break down barriers that have been put up for women being in God's Word. So if it's finances and they can't afford a Bible study, Bible studies can be downloaded for free from our website. If it's language, uh, we have our studies translated now into 30 languages. So we are just passionate about getting women in God's Word, reading it for themselves, learning to read it, study it, apply it, live it. And that's just really, that's, that's our heartbeat. That's what we do. That's awesome. And Melissa, tell us a little bit about your role. I am the content director. And so my role is to manage the whole production of the Bible studies. I write a lot of the content. I edit a lot of the content, but also have an excellent team of writers who are doing a lot with me. We do about six or seven Bible studies a year, and then our translators translate all of those studies into their native languages. And so it's just quite a lot to keep organized and, <laughs> you know, ahead of schedule on things. Yeah. We are busy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we very are busy. very busy. Yes. Well, we are so, so glad that y'all are here. Thank you. Uh, so help us understand your a wife, a yep. mom, you have three girls, yep. and you also run an international ministry. Yeah. So just tell us, how how did Love God Greatly begin? What needs were you seeing? What prompted you to start this? Honestly, first of all, it's just all God. I mean, it truly is. Um, when I look back at my life, I see how even as a young child, he was preparing me, right? So I'm an Air Force brat. I grew up in the military and stuff, had lots of friends from other countries. My dad always stayed, you know, stateside. He would go on trips, but mm -hmm. as a family, we wouldn't move. But man, even as a kid, my, when my friends would move away to these other countries, I was always like, oh, I want to go too. Yeah, like, that'd yeah, be yeah. so amazing. So it's neat how God goes before us, even as kids. And he starts planting these seeds, like mm -hmm. these seeds of passion and dreams in our hearts and stuff. And then honestly, like, that's one thing I'd love to tell people is that sometimes it takes years for that to, you you know, yep. for him to fulfill that. But he starts early in our lives planning all these. And so that's really what he did um, in my life. Early on, when I was in high school, you guys, I went on a mission trip again to the Ukraine. God really took a hold of my heart when I was in the Ukraine. Uh, I was a junior in high school and stuff. And I remember one night we'd had like a VBS 
and I went outside and I just saw the moon. And it sounds so crazy, but it is neat about nature, right? And I was outside and I looked up and the moon looked exactly the same way as it does in the United States. Mm. And I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, you are everywhere. Mm. You're amazing. You're everywhere. And it just really just grabbed my heart. And then from there, you know, I always kind of thought we'd go, I'd go overseas, but ended up not doing it in that capacity, but got married. My husband and I have been married 21 years. We have three girls. We have one in high school, a freshman in high school, um, one in middle school, seventh grader, and one in elementary school, third grader. So we are (laughs) flying. We are busy. You're getting the scope. Yes, we have the scope. What's your husband's name? Dirk. Dirk? Yeah. All right, let's pray for Dirk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Dear Lord. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, so, but as far as the ministry, how it started is Dirk had just gotten out of residency, had a ton of debt, so poor guy, he was working a ton to pay all this debt off, and our first two girls are 16 months apart, and so I had worked for a number of years to kind of, you know, get him through college and residency, all that kind of stuff. And then once he graduated, then it was kind of like my turn to, to stay home. And so there's a season of time where, you know, he was working a ton and I was home with two kids and they were always getting sick. It seemed like it seemed like he was always bringing something home. And so it was hard to get to church. It was hard to, because I couldn't drop them off at the nursery if they're sick. Um, and so I was needing to be in God's word and I needed a community. And so I needed, this is, I mean, Love God Greatly really is what I needed as a young mom to have friends around me and knowing that I needed to be in God's Word. And so really, it was just from there, writing little Bible studies, putting them online and trusting the Lord with them. And then through that, then um, our first translator, Derne, contacted me. She's a missionary in Venezuela, loved the studies, said, could I translate this? And I was like, oh my goodness, first, do you want to translate that? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, but then from there, and then realizing that there's this huge need outside the English language, yeah. mm-hmm. having yeah. all of our Bible studies in these languages. And again, going back then to just how God made me and quit me in my heart, um, I'm like, absolutely, who else can we give these to? Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's that I, so often we take for granted the the materials that we have here, the resources that we have here. We just expect that anywhere else we go has the same access. And that is certainly not the case. Not the case. Yeah, there's like oversaturation here. Yeah. So we just like get used to it. We're yeah. just everything's overflowing podcasts and Bible studies and sermons left and right. And we're just, we're almost overwhelmed by it. And then there's other people who are so parched Mm -hmm. that they have nothing. Yeah. And so you've moved into this gap, which is incredible. And so Melissa, help us understand a little bit of the strategy of the ministry. And so how do y'all function? How does it go from a Bible study that is in your head to in a hundred different countries around the world? Yeah. So we developed the studies and then we have an excellent team of translators and we have, gosh, I don't even know the number now, but probably 60 or so branch leaders. And so they'll take the content. Almost all of them have a team of other translators with them. And so there's branch leaders and then there's several other people on their team. And some of our branches, like the Spanish branch has almost a hundred group leaders and facilitators. And so they have a huge team, but then some other languages only have one or two people on the team, but they'll take the studies and they'll translate them into their native language. And then, you know, our team will put them into the, the journal format that, you know, we'll print them and share them in. And then our branch leaders have incredible women on their teams who are leading online small groups and online Bible studies all around the world. And so 
we start them at certain times throughout the year. And then the translated studies start about a week later. And so every six to eight weeks, a branch leader will share on their social media or with their group or their church, we're doing another Bible study and they'll, you know, recruit women to do it with them. And they'll study God's word together all over the world. And, and we also have, you know, lots of women who will pick up a study after it's been a live study, if you will, because all of our studies are still available, but they'll do them a little bit later. And it's just been really neat to see the way that God has used work we have done in building the studies all around the world. And we get stories from women of how God grabbed their heart through a study that brought them into community and, you know, restored their relationship with the church. It's truly the work of our branch leaders and our translators who are doing the work all over the world, who are engaging with women one-on-one and we're just writing. Like that's all we're doing. (laughs) But it's, it's really neat to see. Like that almost brings me to tears thinking about thousands of women across the world studying God's word in their own language. Like, is that not exactly what God intended? (laughs) Right. Yes. That's incredible. And to see that, it's not an organization that just like holds on to leadership up top, but as much as you can, you're pushing it down to people mm-hmm. where they're at and yep. you're meeting yeah. people exactly where they're at. So that they have personal connections that they have a face to walk into a room with and connect with that. That's gosh, huge. it's just incredible. Yeah, it's huge. We try to really equip each of our leaders with resources so that they can build into their teams and because all of our branch leaders and translators are volunteers and so they're doing I'm this sorry what yeah <laughs> they're choosing to do this you know with five kids in their house or with a full-time job and a baby or and so they they have bought into the mission and are truly they're just the hands and feet of the gospel truly so you know what's crazy though is when you have something that's valuable and it's meeting a clear need in a community or in an individual's life, then you really can't stop it from growing. Mm. People are going to go, hey, I don't care what I have to rearrange. I'm going to do this because it's valuable to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that just speaks to you guys are making accessible the scriptures in a way that's simple to understand, that's translatable, obviously, and getting it into the lives of people who— Otherwise, probably don't have a ton of great options. Mm -hmm. Man, may God increase our tribe. Yeah. I think that's the thing, too, is when you meet these women, I mean, they're the sweetest of the sweetest. I mean, so many times, there have been a couple times, and I can talk, we'll talk about this later, but we've been able to bring a handful of them to Dallas, Texas for a week-long leadership training for them. And every time we do it, local friends and stuff, when they meet them, they're like, how in the world? Like these women. And I, all we can say is it's God. Yeah. They are the sweetest of the sweetest. And I think that shows you also like, cause they are all volunteers that they're just passionate about God's mm. word and they're passionate yeah. about getting God's word to their women. Like it means yeah. so much to them. Melissa and I, honestly, we are just, we're the honored ones. Like we mm. really are. We oh, are yeah. the blessed ones just to be able to be able to do this. It's a dream opportunity. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but every study that you write uses the SOAP method. Yes. Because one of the incredible things that you're doing is you are not only getting these materials out to women, but you are helping them learn how to study God's word without you. Mm -hmm. And so help talk our listeners through just that method and why you chose it. Yeah. The S stands for scripture, 
The O stands for observation, A, application, and P, prayer. And it's a great method, not only just for, as Americans, English yeah. readers and writers, but especially for translations and stuff, right? Because we, want we wanted a, a method that was super easy, could be easily you know, translated, but yet at the same time, you, you know, you could have it for the beginning, the early believers versus believers who've been, you know, saved for many, many years and stuff. And so it's just a really easy method that we write out the scripture. So you, when you're writing scripture out, Instead of just reading it all the time, okay, you know, I read for 15 minutes, okay, I'm done. No, but when you actually write Scripture out, you're, mm-hmm. it makes you slow down and focus, yep. meditate on the Scripture, and really be able to pull you know, more out. Yeah, there's um, actually quite a bit of neurological research that's been done in that, mm-hmm. that the physical act of writing it out in some way that it literally sears it into your brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, the O stands for observation of just really, again, kind of slowing down and saying, okay, what's really going on here? You know, who's the audience? You know, is there word repetition? And I mean, I know you and Melissa could go into it even like <laughs> deeper and fuller and stuff. Um, and it really, you know, pulling even more depth and richness out of it. But just really, yeah, just the observation. And then like I always say, for me, the non-seminary person, I love the application. You know, I'm like, okay. What do I do with this? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now that I read this button, <laughs> what are you saying to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I do, I just, I love the aspect of it. And then, of course, then P is just prayer, praying mm-hmm. God's word back. Uh, you know, if there is, you know, something that he just pricked my heart on, you know, praying, confessing, praising. You know, one thing that we're really intentional about um, with our journals that we do is making sure that scripture there. Because for some women, you know, they have their own Bible, and it's great. But for some languages, women don't have a Bible. Mm-hmm. And for some, they can't have a Bible. Mm-hmm. Everything can be downloaded from our website, and it's a PDF. Mm-hmm. And you can download it, and you can send it, mm-hmm. and you can print it. You yep. can print as many copies as you want, because what we want to do is we want to equip local believers. We want to equip missionaries. Mm-hmm. We want to equip churches in all these regions, because, you know, as brothers and sisters of Christ, like, we love them, right? Yeah. And we want to support them. And I have friends who are missionaries in other countries, and you guys, like, they're beat down, right? Mm-hmm. And they're discouraged. And there's so many things on them sometimes, and then the thought of, now I've got to create a Bible study in this language. And what we want to do with Love God Greatly is say, we see you, we love you, we want to help you. This is just God's word. And so we have recently, and Melissa's been amazing with this, as she's been writing devotionals that go along. And so we are now including these devotionals, but we even strategically include them after the day, at yep. the end, mm-hmm. because we want women going to God's word first mm-hmm. and learning to listen to him speak to them and read God's word for themselves. And then afterwards, then mm. sweet Melissa's words are there to you know, <laughs> encourage them and help them because there are some passages, you know, that yeah, can partner and stuff. <laughs> there, yeah, so, yes, there are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, And then we also have blog posts. We have Monday, Wednesday, Friday blog posts. So we have a ton of content that goes along with our studies, but primarily is we just want them to fall in love with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's, gosh, that's so encouraging that each tiny step of faithfulness that you took from writing a blog and signing off Love God Greatly, and he's turned it into this ministry that's reaching hundreds of thousands of women, Mm -hmm. and it's just been one small step at a time, it sounds like. And so we are a podcast that talks about discipleship, theology, and apologetics, and so it sounds like discipleship is happening in your ministry (laughs) left and right. And so would love for you to unpack a few more ways that it's going on because you had mentioned, hey, sometimes we bring our translators here. Hey, sometimes we train them in this way. So mm. we've heard about the studies being translated by these women and then going out to women across the, the world. But how else is discipleship happening in your ministry? Obviously, you know, through our studies, 
A lot of them are online, but we really want our women to be in person. And that's really kind of our heart is that maybe they start online, but they move in person. So some of them are in local churches. Some of them are just a coffee shop. Some of them are in homes. We also disciple our translators and stuff. We do calls of just we bring in, you know, encouragers. We also bring in trainers to train our leaders, to train our women. And then because of Love God Greatly, because they are, um, you know, all volunteers and in lieu of um, paying our translators, every other year, I bring them to my home in da- here in Dallas, Texas, and we do a week-long leadership training. And so they are in our home because we want this discipleship to continue, yeah. right? So what's happening in the United States? We give everything away to all these nations, and we say, go. Now you do it. You, we're equipping you. We're giving you everything you need. Go. And so when we brought them in, we all have homes. It doesn't matter how they look. It doesn't matter the food that we serve, but what I wanted them to experience is when you came into my home, that you were seen, Mm -hmm. that you were loved, that you were cared for, that you were prayed over. Um, And then, like I said, then I brought wonderful trainers to train them, to equip them, to make them, you know, get training that normally they couldn't get in their their own countries. And then basically we send them off Mm -hmm. and we say, go go do it. And then every other year we bring him back and we love on some more. Right. And we feed him some more good food and we go, you know, out to eat every now and then. Encourage him, fill him up and send. Well, and you, you were one of our trainers this last time. Y'all, it was legit. The quality of women that they have, it is unbelievable. Mm. It is absolutely unbelievable. It was such an honor to get to come and just hang out for an afternoon. I was like, I think I'm going to quit my job. I'm just going to hang out. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's just, there's a lot of different ways that we disciple and equip our women. Which, like, is so encouraging because that's what Jesus did. He's Mm -hmm. like, okay, come in, sit with me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you. Okay, go. Okay, come in, sit with me. I'm going to teach you. Okay, go. And so the model, it's very biblical. (laughs) And it's not hard, and it's something that they can do in their countries. And that's like the very first intensive. That's why I said, guys, you can do this. Mm. And so as somebody who's just trying to be faithful to what God's called you to do, what are some of those things that you've experienced where you're like, okay, I'm confident I'm called to this, but also like I'm being refined, stuff is hard, there's warfare involved, like just kind of take us there. Yeah, so I mean, it's that balance of, man, I'm so blessed and I'm so honored and it's such a huge blessing to, to be a part of this. Um, at the same time, I feel like a lot of times people look at the ministry and they're like, oh, yay, it's a girl, you know, women's ministry, and it's so mm. nice and fluffy and pretty and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I always tell our women, we are warriors. Yeah. You know, I mean, truly, we are warriors. And we deal with a lot of spiritual warfare because Satan hates to get women in mm-hmm. God's word. You know, he hates for us to encourage others to get in love God's word because when we do, we encourage our friends, we encourage our children, the next generation. And so there's a lot of spiritual warfare that goes along with love God greatly. And so it's actually um, one of the things when a new translator comes on, um, that's something we talk about a lot is, listen, there's going to be some crazy warfare and you're going to like be like, whoa, am I still called to do this? Or all of a sudden yeah. this is going on and that's going on and I don't know. And, and, you know, and there's those doubts and stuff. And we just come alongside them and say, it's okay. Yeah. You know, we're praying for you. You know, I've always believed into the power of prayer, but even more in the last couple of years of just realizing that prayer is the battle, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. the first line. And yeah. and I've just told my team, I'm like, hey, guys, we've got to be on our guard. We've got to be on our guard, and we've really got to be praying and stuff. You don't want to live in fear, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, you're realistic, right? Yeah, yeah. And every time we get ready to do one of these intensives, so we've done three, Intense spiritual warfare. Yeah. To the point, you know, the very first one, you know, um, my brother-in-law passed away days Mm. before. Um, The second one, you know, one of the writers, close friend, um, her brother-in-law passed away. And then this last time, 
my sweet friend Adirne. Um, she was my very first translator, amazing, amazing woman, translated our studies into Spanish. She and her husbands are missionaries in Venezuela. They would actually take our studies, print them, and they worked with the native Indians there in the jungles of Venezuela. Mm. Incredible friend, faithful friend, been with me for years. And just unexpectedly, she passed away um, a year ago this August. Mm. And, you know, we had our intensive in October. And it was painful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Spiritual warfare is real. Yeah. You know, it's real. Yeah. Um, you know, and just walking all of us through that, you know, all of us in that grief um, and stuff. Because, you know, and I think that's the hard thing, too, is, you know, sometimes the questions of, why, Lord, like, she was so amazing. Mm-hmm. She was in the jungles. Like, who goes to the jungles anymore? Like, who does mm-hmm. this, you know? And so for even for me, you know, I had to wrestle with that. Um, but that was a huge lesson for me. Being able, I remember um, her, like, so her co-leader, Gazette, she's from Columbia, but she lives in Australia. And one night we were just doing a Zoom call, just kind of crying and talking about it and stuff. But through that call, we realized how God had went before us and was preparing us. Mm. And that brought us to tears. But at the same time, it was like, you know, and so for me, it's just that lesson of trusting the Lord laying my life down, surrendering to him and realizing that even if I can't see it, even if I don't know it right now, he is going before me. He is preparing the way. He is preparing me. But yeah, pray for us because there's a lot of warfare with what we do. Yeah. And I think, you know, the image of a warrior Mm -hmm. is appropriate. I also think about the movie Wonder Woman. Yes. Right. (laughs) Where she climbs up the ladder and starts going across no man's land. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you translate stuff from Ephesians 6 with the, you know, the shield of faith, mm-hmm. the sword of the spirit infused with the power of God mm-hmm. to fight back the darkness. Mm-hmm. If we're able to see what's going on in what we would call like the unseen realm, then there's a lot of that, you know. And yet I think we also serve a father who, who's good. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, I know that Adirne's time on this earth is done, right? Her work is not done. And watch this, right? Watch what's going to happen. And that's why I think one of the things of being in a warrior-type position is you experience all of that. Over time, it builds in you a resiliency because you see God come through in really unique ways like over and over again. So when something else does happen that's disorienting, you're much more apt to go, yeah, that's sad. We need to grieve, but also I'm excited to see what God's going to do, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you experience that as well, you know? And it seems like every time we go through a major battle, there's a major victory. In yeah, totally. Always. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something so incredible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so some of our listeners might be, I don't know, in the car or in the house and they've heard your story and they're thinking like, huh, maybe God's calling me to this, but how do I know? kind of talk through your journey with that. Yeah. I mean, for me, at least, it's just been just really a lot of prayer and faithfulness. You know, okay, I feel like, you know, the Lord's leading me to do this. I'm going to step out in faith and do that. Um, you know, I he equips each of us differently, right? Because we are a body of Christ. We're not called to everything, right? And that's one thing I tell we tell our translators and our leaders. You, you can't do everything, but God has uniquely gifted you in certain ways. And so I think part of it is just, you know, my own unique gifting and then just stepping out of faith and, you know, trying it and saying, okay, you know, this is where I feel like the Lord's leading me and just walking in obedience. And then just also, I think for us, sometimes we just want to be faithful. We just want to serve you know, just serve with whatever opportunities he's giving us. And then, you know, not trying to like knock down doors, but just serve where we can, you know, that's all we're really called to do. 
Man, I love that. I love that you're not trying to charge through and stomp on or push through doors that God maybe didn't even ask you to. It was just, hey, here's the next step in front of me. I'm going to take that step and see what happens. Okay, here's the next step Mm -hmm. in front of me. And so I think we live in a world now where people are so consumed with building a platform or having this giant name or this giant ministry or doing great things for God. Eh, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, right? Don't we live in that culture? We totally do. I'm just saying yeah. that that posture is wrong. Yeah. I mean, like mm-hmm. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. It isn't of a trouble of its own. Like, you be faithful today. My mom told me something when I was growing up that has always stuck with me. She just said, hey, you can't steer a parked car. So it's like, well, what do I do? And the answer is do something. And I think the Holy Spirit, just like the imagery that we get, you know, in Second Peter chapter 1, where he's like, these sails are hoisted up so that they can catch the wind. And it's our responsibility to go, well, I don't know, but I think faithfulness today looks like this, and we raise our sails, and the Holy Spirit guides us along. And sometimes it looks like having an international Bible study that's translated into 30 different languages. More often than not, it looks like love your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Be faithful yeah. to your family, serve your church, encourage the people you're around. Well, I mean, even hearing you talk, it's like, yes, faithful obedience. Yes, like I hear you. I understand. Um, have y'all been afraid or have you had doubts or fears or <laughs> all the time? Because <laughs> mine are pretty constant and I would like to have some company here. Um, Yeah, please help me understand. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I have so many, I mean, so many different fears. And part of my backstory is school was really hard for me. I would love to have went to seminary. You know, I would have loved to have had that degree. That's not what God has called me to. My heart is there. But, you know, I grew up struggling in school and, you know, I was labeled with learning disability. And so I've had that label, you know, I think as a child, when you are labeled something, you can't get rid of that. It sticks. It sticks. Right. And so that's one way I feel like Satan always kind of like, oh, but Mm -hmm. you are, don't forget how Mm -hmm. you're labeled, you know, I mean, even to the point, you know, I married my husband and he's a doctor. He's brilliant. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, with the prayer that man, maybe, you know, when we have kids, you can kind of like get some, you know, like, you know, a little bit of that, you know, like (laughs) delude me a little bit, you know, and stuff. So, I mean, but there is, I mean, there's that fear. And so there's so much, you know, you guys, like I have been praying so much over this ministry because I know I am weak. So many times I feel like Moses, you know, where I'm like, oh Lord, not me, Mm -hmm. please. Like, you know who I am. You know how you made me. Like, are you kidding me? But it's that, okay, like if this is what you call me to do, man, I don't know about it, but I'm going to try, you know, truly like before I write a blog post, I'm like, I'm praying over that. You know, like I'm studying the scriptures. I'm reading commentaries because I don't want to mess up, right? Yeah. But I mess, still mess up all the time, yeah. right? Don't we But all? it's that weakness, you know, it's that weakness and that dependence yeah. that I have to cling to him because I cannot do this in my own strength, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, isn't that just like God, though, to take a child who has struggled in school and was labeled with a learning disability and grow them into a woman who now leads a content organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, isn't that just it's like humor. Yeah. 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 And so... Well, I mean, he says, like, I'm, I'm going to take the elementary things, I'm going to take the, the foolish yeah. things of men to shame the wise, right? Yeah. And and ultimately, he, he's like, hey, but Paul says in the Corinthians, he's like, hey, I, I'm going to boast about my weakness because it's in my weakness that his, that his strength is on display, you know, I think the Lord is constantly looking for people and it it doesn't have to be 
you know, somebody is like, well, I have this horrible disability okay. or whatever. Like, actually, that thing is quite secondary. The thing that God is looking for is is your posture totally. to go, hey, I, I am absolutely and totally dependent on you. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord is like, I can use that. Yeah. So more power to you. Melissa, what about you? For me, I get really discouraged and just feel like what I'm doing is worthless and bad. And I get very, very afraid of, especially like writing and overseeing the editing and the content in the studies. I am like losing sleep of, uh, did we just publish something that was heresy, you know? And (laughs) yes, um, I do know actually. (laughs) Really don't want that to happen. Um, And so I initially had this idea that life in full-time ministry would be a little bit glamorous and this like Christian celebrity type Mm. kind of um, recognition. And the longer that I've done it, the less I want that. And the more I'm like, I don't really want anybody to know who I am because with that comes so much pressure. Like this type of work is so costly. And like we were talking about before, because of that spiritual warfare and because there is such a necessity to continue this work, even though it may be costly and frustrating and exhausting because that's what God has put in front of us. And he just wants us to take that next step of faithfulness. That's what we want to do is be faithful to what he's given us. Yeah, I think it's really encouraging. And we've talked about this here before about the Great Commission, you know, Jesus, go make disciples of all the nations. The greatest thing about the commission is that last line. It's an indicator. The Greek word is edu. It literally means like, hey, pay attention to this. Uh, We translate it behold, like I'm putting this thing in front of you. And uh, the line is, I will be with you always, Mm -hmm. even to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. And the reality of what people do when we're talking about the gospel is really significant, and it's weighty, and it's heavy, and it can be easy for us to start to feel like that it's our responsibility yeah. to carry it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> yes. Right. yes. Like, it's not, my, it's not my burden to carry. And I think that that's why, for me, as somebody who also does content creation and pushes stuff out to people, I'm praying that you can use my feeble attempt, but... I'm going to be faithful, and yeah, there's going to be fears and insecurities that creep in, and what about this, and what about that? And I think the older I get, the more the Holy Spirit has done something in my life where he's like, eh, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. It's his work, yes. and he has yeah. to carry it. And so mine is to be faithful and then to rest. Yes, good. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's really critical in this whole conversation. It's so important. That's what we tell our translators, too, because so much of what we do is unseen. You know, they're translating and they're putting it out there and we're just putting it to the world and we can't always see how God is using it. Every now and then we'll hear a testimony or every now and then a woman will contact us with a story or whatever. But it is. I mean, we do the work. We're faithful. We lay it out there. We you know publish it. And then we trust the Lord. It's, good. it's his word. You know, it says and he loves he loves his children, you know, and he loves people. And so he I mean, the work is in his hands. We're just faithful to do our part of it. And while we like to see the results, like we don't actually need to. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's yes. not about us. Yes. And a lot of times us. we shouldn't yes. because it'll just puff us up. Well, right? Jesus so. told Jesus told exactly. um, you know his disciples and other people there were prophets all down through the ages who longed to see yeah. what you see, and they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. But they were faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, 
God has obviously been faithful in y'all's lives and so the lives of the women who mm-hmm. are laboring with you mm-hmm. in this ministry. Mm-hmm. So who, how has God revealed himself more and more to y'all through the work that you've been doing? He is constantly just offering encouragement to me in different ways. But one of the things I have had to wrestle with, and so I just a few months ago graduated from seminary and I was doing seminary and also doing Love God Greatly and doing some other projects. And I just constantly felt like I was butting up against the Lord and being like, do you care about me or do you just care about my work? Like, Mm -hmm. do you just want me to keep doing all this stuff for you? Because I'm doing things for you. You know, you've put these things in front of me. I've been faithful to do them, but I kept running into these situations where I was like, God doesn't care about me. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't care about my heart, my life, me as a person. He just wants me to do the heavy lifting for him. And I think just like realizing that God is big enough to handle that doubt and that frustration and being able to wrestle with him through that in the midst of doing this work and that he is faithful enough to, he, he doesn't just want my work. He does want my heart. And that is what he ultimately wants more is my heart. And, but the fact that he's willing to let someone as selfish and broken as I am to continue to do his work while I'm doubting him, while I'm wrestling with these things is very encouraging and hopeful, but it's also hard to walk through that. Mm -hmm. But ultimately I learn more about God's character as I'm wrestling through these frustrating moments with him than with everything going super well. Well, um, it sounds like you would fit squarely in the biblical narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that just makes you like everybody else. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly what the Lord does with all of us. Mm, He'll yeah. present us invitations to labor with him. And in the midst of that, really, the work we're doing for him is very secondary. Yeah. Mm, yeah. What it does is it provides him the opportunity to transform us into greater likeness of his son. And I think Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 as well is is really critical for all of us where he's like, hey, the primary thing that I think God is trying to get us to realize is how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ. Mm. And this is the blessing, I think, for all of us, especially achievers, is to go, hey, actually, yeah, it's great that you did X, Y, and Z or whatever, but I love you all the time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times for achievers, we can't know that until we've done our hardest work mm-hmm. and come to the end of ourselves to ultimately go, okay, God, I'm exhausted. I'm at the end of my rope. I got nothing else. Do you love me? And the Lord is like, I've been waiting for you to get here mm-hmm. so that I can yes. show you that, you know? Yeah, I don't resonate with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced that personally. Yeah. Only I have my day. own very long story yeah. in that regard as well, but yeah. that's that good. And so for our listeners out there, if you don't catch anything else on this podcast, you are loved yeah. by a God in heaven. God loves you greatly. Gosh, incredible. Well, yeah. it's been such a gift getting Thank to you. talk with y'all today so and hopefully it was oh, so super fun. encouraging not only to us, but to the people listening. And so thank you for giving of your time and we will absolutely be praying for y'all. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Equipping Podcast. As always, if you liked it, share it. Give us a good rating. Send us an email saying goodbye. Karen, Karen, you sound really (laughs) sad right now. I'm getting nostalgic. Mm. And... I'm emotional. You're used to that. I'm emotional. Right <laughs> what, what else is new? Uh, yeah, touche. I'm going to miss you all, a podcast listeners. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> Peace.